Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to a Podside the Picnic. Today we are going to be joined by the Flying Becolini Brothers, and uh, we will be talking about all their exploits throughout Milan and the Adriatic and the Air Pirates. And no, folks, welcome to Podside. This is uh, Carlo. That was just a bit I was doing from you know just from the dome. Uh, and uh, actually, uh, if you haven't picked up on it, we are going to be doing a little bit of anti-Italian uh, racism here. And uh, talking about Porco Rosso, Porco Rosso, eh? And uh, uh, we are joined today by none other than Right Goods Audio Gremlin himself, Sid Oosley. How you doing, Sid? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, this was a banger movie. I mean, the last, yesterday was a, a mess, but today is a lot better. So, it's like I, I'm in a motel right now, so. All right. Well, I mean... Uh, uh, I don't know if motels get room service. Maybe you just get like the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The little machine in the hallway. Uh, Does and machine... a gas station across the street. There you go. No room but service. But it's got a Dunkin' Donuts you... in it. There you go. No, no room service, but you can get yourself like a donut and a microwavable burrito. Hell yeah. All right. Excellent. So, and to top this all off. Hello. Oh, I gotta, I gotta join you in the. Um... Hell yeah! All right. Well, cheers, fellow. And um, so, um, Sid, you were the one that uh, that that picked Porco Rosso um, from the the Studio Ghibli lineup. Um, did you want to explain like your reasoning behind it? Was it just because it looked cool or? What, what, oh, there's what? a there's a few like uh, um this was my dad's favorite of the Ghibli movies because it's it's one that's a little more made for him since he was really big into airplanes. My family has a bit of a history with uh, aviation because my grandfather was on the team that did the Spitfire way back mm. when. My no, my, my great grandfather, like uh, Grandpa Reggie, he was like 92 when he yeah not like way back in the. Well, that that is really that's sort of funny because uh, Miyazaki himself has a direct link to aviation as well. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, um, he was his family was involved in Miyazaki Airlines or airplanes is the name of the company, um, and and obviously that comes around <laughs> quite a lot in Miyazaki's films. You know, all the flying and whatnot. So it is sort of funny yeah, that there's like a, 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 a direct link between you and um, and aviation and Miyazaki himself and aviation. Oh, yeah. No, my um, and on my other side, um, my mom's dad did um, paratrooping and he had a Cessna for a while that I got to co-pilot oh. once. Oh, cool. When I was That's like pretty cool. A kid. So it was pretty fun. Excellent. 
All right. So, um, do we, I mean, we could just sort of riff on, on the movie. I don't know that we need that much of a synopsis. The, the movie itself feels, I don't know about you, but it feels very, um, almost free form. Like it's not really, there's not really a, oh, there's a, a there's a structure, plot. but it's, it, it doesn't get in the way of itself. Yeah. I, I agree. Like it's it a just tight feels... 90 and it, and it, and you're not at all at any time checking your watch in this thing. It's yeah. Like even the second act, which is like as sleepy as those things get in a good, it's, it's good. It's a banger. Oh, I, you're talking about like, uh, when he, the second act, are you measuring that off of like the, when he takes the plane in to be overhauled and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the midpoint. That's like the middle of the movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It 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 brings a lot of flavor and a lot of uh, sort of character moments and and interactions. Yeah, which and it is sets up a lot of stuff fun. in the end very well. Like um, yeah, like when he's got to um, leave the the place in, on a in in a pinch because of the uh, secret police. Oh yeah, uh, well this he, is he has, to, this... he has to take one of the guns out because of Theo's big butt, and that comes up in the third <laughs> act because he doesn't have enough ammo to win the dogfight yeah. later. Uh, Porco Rosso, you are canceled, sir, for, um, you know, sort of talking about Fio's big butt. No, actually, that's not true. <laughs> um, she herself admits the fact that she has a big butt, uh, which uh, is sort of funny. But um, but before I we get ahead of ourselves. I believe the line was like, it, it's bigger than it looks, which is what it, it is in my notes. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Um, so uh, <laughs> just a, a quick setup, because I do want to point out that uh, I, I, I watched the uh, the dubbed version with uh, Michael Keaton is uh, Marco. Uh, he he's it's funny because in the um, the Japanese version, it's Marco Pago or Pagot. Uh, and I guess, uh, the, the American audiences didn't understand why Rosso is like, it's Italian for red dummies. Uh, they had to actually name him Marco Rossolini in the dub because I guess, uh, English speaking audiences couldn't follow it. I, I, I don't know, folks. I, I, I got nothing, but I, I kind of uh, like the dub last name better, but. It it it's it rolls off the tongue. I'll I'll say that it does roll off the tongue. It does sort of th- sort of loop back around to the title. Um, I, I always thought the title itself, because it is basically the Red Pig, is sort of like a a, a riff on the Red Baron. But, oh yeah, you know. for sure. Like there's some. Oh oh, there's uh yeah. He's there. They have elements in common, like a few. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the Red Bacon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm folks, I'm going to be engaging in a lot of anti-Italian racism. I'm sorry. I can't help myself. Um, but, it's, uh, but it, it's all right. It, it, yeah, it's, I, it happens. I got to be careful because, um, I'm like, I, I'm an Anglo. So there, we have rules about that kind of shit, but it's that apply to us. <laughs> like no one wants, like, it's what happens when like, if you had an empire, you're not allowed to make the jokes anymore. <laughs> supposedly yeah although i will point out so uh, a couple of things that i do want to point out about this film is that it is actually set it is not set in a non-specific semi-european feeling area this is literally set in italy like in and around the adriatic sea in and around italy 
uh, in and around the 1930s. Uh, so obviously there's, uh, a lot of upheaval happening, which is sort of kept, um, in the background initially and slowly you start seeing that background sort of close in on the main characters, uh, as, and as you said, like by the time the, the second act is coming to a close, it is trying to ensnare, uh, Porco Rosso and Fio in, into it. Uh, the background, yeah, is, like right? The, it's catching the up to them. Fascists are are bad. Like they're mad at him for being unpatriotic, which is just not cool. Well, I mean, he also he also went AWOL. So, I mean, that is uh, something. Like, if you're part of the military, I get it. Uh, he he has. I think he has a good reason for it. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you know, that's the type of thing that's that's gonna get you put on the list somewhere. Uh, even in in not so uh, fascist times, so uh, you know he he simply just fucked off into the Adriatic Sea and and never came back, and then just sort of like pops in and out whenever he feels like it. Uh, you know, I guess the the local military, uh, even before Mussolini uh, reared his ugly head around, uh, is probably not happy about that type of thing happening. You know, there's there's rules against that. You know. I can yeah I can see that it's just they're going to be stricter under that kind of regime because he's even early like oh, the yeah. bank is like hey do you want to yeah, buy some sure. patriotic bonds he's like nope I'm good <laughs> he's such a cool dude <laughs> yeah well well while they're having he's like I don't want like it. <laughs> he's like nah I think I'm good and he walks he walks out and there's like a gigantic like tanks in rolling down the the, the thoroughfare type oh of that's such a beautiful scene a lot of, lot of flag waving. And, and he's just sort of like he looks so cool in his little uh, trench coat and and sort of like uh, hat and everything, just sort of like yeah, just walking around in his fancy know. suit. Yeah, there's yep. even a lot of like there's a very literal thing where like the te- the parade is going to the right and he is going to the left, and especially <laughs> when you I, count other material in this franchise because there is it is an adaptation of a manga which I think there was a section of it where he goes to Spain to fight the Francoists. Um, So he is like a left partisan in in the other canon material, which they they bring into the movie enough for you to pick up on it. And, oh God, there's family history there too. My grandparent, my my grandma's parents got, uh, Manan's parents got, uh, they had to leave Spain because of the Francoists. So that was... It's just nice to see somebody get back at those guys because they're jerks. Um, so uh, one thing I did want to point out, which is um, really funny, because the the uh, like the whole uh, initial like the initiating uh, sequence in the movie is because these air pirates that are led by basically a slimmed down version of Bluto, <laughs> uh, like uh, basically hold up this ship who is carrying gold and 15 students, tiny little girls that are part. We find out later are part of a swimming school. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like no, the like most, they got little ponyos over there, like a bunch of little ponyos. Yeah. Yeah. Movie. And they're like, like griping. He's like, ah, boss, do we have to take all 15 of them? And, you know, obviously hijinks ensue because when you take 15, 
um, six or seven year olds they're, they're, they're and, and put them in a cramped space full of all sorts of wiring and shit. Um, yeah, things they're, they're going to think that all of that's really cool. And yeah, uh, they're little gremlins. Yeah. Plus, uh, and I do want to point this one thing out, which stood out to me. Uh, when one of them says, Hey boss, we got to take all 15 of them. And the head pirate says, yeah, it'd be mean if we left their friends behind. So, uh, just <laughs> to be on the record, uh, air pirates in this Miyazaki film, you know, threats of the open seas and open airs have better, uh, a better idea about keeping kids together than the U S <laughs> border patrol and ICE. So, oh yeah, kudos it's, it's, to the air pirates. <laughs> no, these are some like some respectable pirates because at one point they they some one of the one of his his subordinates asked him something about women. He's like, "Women are half the world's population, idiot." <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's the yes. woke pirate captain. <laughs> he's yeah, so he's cool. Semi woke, yeah. Well, he's he he does look like a reformed Bluto, and it's sort of funny because there's a lot of little. Um, I say that, and I, I initially thought of it as a joke until they have, uh, like, a little bit towards the middle of the movie. They, they're in that theater where the the, the semi-famous uh, scene is where, you know, a better a pig than a fascist happens. And if you'll notice, the made-up movie that they have, the, uh, the, the romantic interest or the... The damsel in distress on screen is a very Betty Boop looking uh, character. Oh, so, yeah, you know, they got Betty Boop. Yeah, so they got a Betty Boop. They got a, you know, they got a, a Bluto. Uh, it, it is There's sort of funny. Squid. Where's the squid? Or some kind of, they were, like, the thing they were fighting was some kind of kraken in that movie. Was it? No, it was like a dragon thing, wasn't it? It was they, some they, kind they, of, they, like, slithering ocean creature it was some kind of sea monster yeah well i mean i i only i only uh say that it it was more of a dragon creature because they do like a loop-de-loop and it manages to knot its own neck so yeah (laughs) yeah, that's the best thing i love that and so uh anyway uh, uh michael keaton brings a certain gravitas to uh to marco uh our articular character, the the pig in the trench coat that flies. Um, uh, Carrie Elways uh, shows up a little later as, uh, what is his name? Curtis? Oh, uh, yeah. Donald um, Curtis. Donald Curtis, who is like basically a, it's like Charles Lindbergh, Ronald Reagan, with like a splash of very young HW. You know what? I will... I think I think we could stop at Lindbergh because I believe Lindbergh also had aspirations to be uh, to be an actor as well, or he was. Oh yeah, to be. he was gonna do. Yeah, like there's a. Oh yeah, he's a very. Um, yeah, and and he didn't have he didn't have like big uh, morals at the beginning of the movie. He was willing to throw in with the Italians, um, regardless of whether they're fascists or not. He's like, eh. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no, his, I'm American. He's very clearly, Doesn't matter. Given the rest of the context of the film, where we've got our anti-fascist mm-hmm. hero and who is his rival, kind of by implication. Yeah, a guy who's more willing yeah, to yeah. play by the rules of this. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and it's kind of, of course, like, I'm going to be like he's. This is the kind of guy who, like, his career really picked up once Huac cleared out all the, all the lefties, probably. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and they only, I mean, he he is willing to take on a contract to take out uh, Marco because all the other sky pirates are sort of like just griping and, and grumbling at the, they all hang out at the same bar, which is really funny to me. Like it's the only bar that that will take them, but they, they hang out there because Gina uh, is the uh, owner of the bar. uh, And also the, the main singer, like she's the main sort of floor show. Uh, and, uh, this is of course, what's that? Oh, she's like the Shantoos. Cause if you're doing a movie yes. back then, you had to have like a Shantoos. That, uh, I gotcha. Uh, it, it is funny because now I'm, I'm thinking about, uh, uh, the, that, that comic Mr. Boop because she's, she ends up being like showing up in Mr. Boop as well, as well as Betty Boop. <laughs> oh yeah. She's played uh, by, uh, Meg from Hercules, the, is that who it is? The the voice actor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sue Steegan. Or for the younger people in the audience, it is Steven Universe's mom. Oh, I see. All right. So then, uh, and it, the, the rivalry doesn't, between uh, Curtis and uh, Marco d- doesn't really come to a head until Curtis is like immediately, you know, bis- like smitten by by Gina and like, I guess his only line is uh, like very earnestly grabbing a woman's hand and going, will you marry me? He does this more than once. Yes, this is true. He does it more than once, which is he, he really tries to funny. marry a 17 year old, which is, well, you can see why he made it in Hollywood eventually. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Sid? What are you trying to say here? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I just I, I just found found it really like it's got a lot of charm. I do have to say that um that it is sort of funny to me because even though this is happening in sort of like a Europe that we can recognize, uh it's not you know, it's not like a um it's not like again, like like the the, the seaside town in Kiki's delivery service or the what is it the whisper of the heart or the cat returns or whatever these aren't like these non-specific but european looking places this is actually in europe a europe that existed except for the fact that uh our our articular character uh marco rossolini is has been cursed to look like a pig um or at least have a pig head because he's he's got like hands and 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 this is a magical realism is what this is oh yeah for sure like he he it's obvious that he doesn't think like it's it's sort of like a a shorthand uh for you know he he thinks he does not deserve anything in life anymore because he's like uh, he's he's like a he's kind of like a flying dutchman a little bit hmm. like what way is an element well because he's he's adrift in the world and he doesn't feel like he can like he can't go home and he's like a skilled navigator of a ship. Mm-hmm. And there's like okay. an element of ghostliness to the experience that made him turn into a pig in the first place. It's not like one to one, but it's there. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he's I mean, we kind can get... of a flying Dutchman. I, I could see that. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So in this case, uh, we, we, yeah, we, we can, we can actually get to the flashback in a little bit, but I, I don't want to pop that just yet right. because, um, uh, and and you know to be fair that that is a a fantastic scene 
Uh, but I don't want to get to it just yet. Um, so then basically, uh, it, it, Curtis is then hired by the sky pirates to basically shoot Porco Rosso down. Cause he's put them all into debt. Um, even though <laughs> when he intercepts the, what is it? What are they called? The, the mama, uh, a meow or whatever the, the, the first sky pirates that, that take those, the, the, he gives them small, money, uh, girls from the swing school. Well, he says, you've got to give most of it back. Keep enough for yourselves. <laughs> Cause he doesn't care about that. Uh, he's just trying to claim a bounty because he's a bounty hunter. Um, but, uh, but he, he encourages them to keep a little bit for themselves. And because they're, they didn't really, uh, manage their money correctly or didn't estimate their, their costs correctly. They end up repairing their, their plane, but then it's like they didn't get enough money to paint the fuselage that they've welded back on. So half of their plane is like all shiny and bright. There is an actual, uh, like that that is a look for planes sometimes, Mm -hmm. but they paint the tail instead of the front rather in that look. Mm. So like it's backwards from what it's supposed to be, which like they're still doofy. Well, I mean, and and the funny thing is that they, the, the other sky pirates, like they, they joined them in a sort of joint, uh, raid and the other ones were like, Oh my God, look at these guys. We're so embarrassed. These guys are like, Oh yeah. No. And then the cruise ship has like some pet fighters. They keep on staff for these situations. Yeah, that that was pretty cool. That they have like a Gundam uh, type launching bay in the boat <laughs> for that. Because they're like, we well, get hijacked so much that we have to like build technology that doesn't exist in the 30s quite. Like, is it's more of a 40. Like, it's it's an odd thing that like a civilian cruise liner has like a launch pad, like a launching hook thing. Right, it's like a right. hook. It, it it's an interesting system, but like they do a thing where they kind of it's almost like an atlatl where they. They shoot the plane off with like well, this hook. They speed up to make like well, that, tighter. That's engines. exactly yeah. how a um, that's how a, a, an aircraft carrier uh, launches uh, planes. It's it's basically a, a cable with a hook, um, and you uh, actually no, not a cable with a hook, but yeah, you you connect the uh, in in modern aircraft carriers you connect. Or maybe not so modern, but I don't know. I I don't think they've changed that much. But uh, you would connect like the the landing gear in the front at the least, and probably some I forget where else to then just a- accelerate the plane so you get enough speed that you can um, get lift. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it, it it's obviously the same type of system except very foreshortened because it's a cruise ship. It's not like it's not an aircraft carrier, uh, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it is sort of like a a, a weird uh, world building element that uh, makes perfect sense if you are in a world like Porco Rosso's world, where you know basically uh, y- your entire sort of uh, basis of an economy is based off of air aviation and air piracy and whatnot. Uh, you would probably accelerate the you know, development of different types of things like that. I will also say that um, uh, when I was watching the the planes, because they're stored like in a compartment, they have to be fold like the winds, the wings fold up, which isn't precisely a, 
a an uncommon thing uh, in certain in certain parts, but it gave me a very very. Uh, do you remember the 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 ship from Cowboy Bebop, uh, Spike ship? The is it the Swordfish? It's been, I I don't know how much Bebop I've seen. I know my cousin loves it, but it's it's on my li- it's on my to do list to do like a full. Right. Well, I mean, um, because of storage space and whatnot, the his ship specifically his wings are sort of folded up and over the the cockpit. So it's it just gave me that vibe, really, uh, sort of very strongly. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, now that I've seen Cowboy Bebop and I'm rewatching this, I see where you know this type of design might have. Um, and, and it could have been also designed off of like real planes that exist, you know, it, it's not, oh, yeah, they got some like I said, real it's not uncommon out there in airplanes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, and then Curtis basically makes short work of the, of the civilian fighter, uh, force that the cruise ship has and the pirates manage to get away with it, get away with their, their job, but they're still sort of very, um, sort of butthurt about the fact that you know porcaroso is still out there making fun of them because now they're in they're still in debt uh yeah and it's noted even in that first sequence that he like there's this thing he does repeatedly in the film whether he's in an airplane or not where he positions himself above other people mm-hmm. and i it, i thought i don't know if it, i don't know how much attention they want you to pay it, it, but it's like a character detail where it's represented like it's this guy has a very high opinion of himself. He's always putting himself over other, like he's flying above the other pilots when he comes into the cove. Um, yeah. Well, you're talking, you're talking about, uh, yeah. yeah, you're talking about Curtis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Curtis. That's yeah. his thing. Like he repeatedly sets himself above other people whenever he gets the chance. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's also a tactical maneuver because, um, if you fly so that the, you're between, um, you know, whatever the sun and yeah, the sun and they can't your see you as well. Yeah, you're you're basically uh, yeah. It's a defensive position that is also superior because you can basically dive out of the sun and and shoot anyone down if you want, because uh, they're they're not going to necessarily see you easily. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, it's it's a great it cool is you're absolutely right. Film. It is a great character detail. Like Paul oh, it, does it's, some really, it's fantastic. It really like, is even more like crazy advanced stuff of like flying low so you can't hit him in yeah. the dogfight at the end. Like there's a lot. It's really yeah, cool. and uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I forget that if there's a certain also a certain variance because of the heat coming off of uh, off of the water itself would also sort of affect how you know whether bullets would immediately whether they would wiggle or what have you. I, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure that there's something there. But it's also just simply, yeah, you, you can easily move back and forth. And he shows that off like towards the latter, you know, the, the, the end sequence of the, of the entire film. He's just, you know, sort of doing that, uh, you know, constantly to also uh, goad Curtis into wasting all of his ammo. Yeah, like it was a point where he was like it. The, the dogfight at the end does demonstrate that of the two, it's not actually that close. Yeah. Like it's a draw for other reasons, but like it, it's like he clearly showed more because like he goes to the guy to waste his ammo and he's like, well, I'm going to be very specific and make sure I don't kill him. Like yeah. Porco's getting a little cocky with that, but it demonstrates yeah. he's really not like an asshole. 
Well, he, he's yeah, he's he's trying to be uh, sort of he's he's running the game on pacifist mode, right? Uh, he's trying just, to shoot the to, engine for high skill. If, if partially, he doesn't even he doesn't like this guy at all, and so he, it's like the principle of the thing where he doesn't want to shoot a pilot. Yeah, but um, one of the so let's go back to the um, to the uh, civilian cruiser that they they raid they managed to successfully raid, and one of the reasons that they successfully raid it is because. Um, Marco's engine uh, gets shot out uh, by Curtis. Uh, so Curtis does get get the drop on him, uh, shoots the engine of his plane, and basically uh, it's only the, the main fuselage. Even the wings are sort of messed up and everything. So he has to take it into the to the shop that he knows. He's got to go to uh, which is Yeah, to Piccolo's. And uh, that, that's up in Milan. And that's where sort of like we, we can we can talk about like how the the nets are closing in on him regarding the fascists noticing that he's already got a, a warrant out for his arrest. They they're also like very um, uh, sort of uh, apparently or obviously following him. Uh, and that's where he meets Fio, who is uh, Piccolo is the owner of the shop. But he, his granddaughter basically runs all everything else, um, and it, it it's really interesting because the entire shop and uh, uh, Marco's um, basically rebuilding of his plane is done entirely by women, uh, because Piccolo says, yeah, all his sons they they went off to look for other jobs elsewhere. This is what I've got. Which I mean, I don't think that. I don't know that it's been dubbed over or if it was in the text originally, but uh, I immediately jumped to the fact that they've been conscript, conscripted into the military or something like that. And this is what happens, right? Oh, yeah, this no, is it what was happened in the like, US. Was, they're all in the war. Oh, yeah, that's a, that was that happened too. Yeah, like it was a whole, a lot of the post war like, stuff was trying to put the genie back in the bottle for that. So people would forget, yeah, that social order. Right, right. I mean, it's the, the not that long <laughs> reimposition of a social order. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, it 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 you just can't really do it once it's once it's done, right? Uh, you can't really put all the At water least not back in living memory. Damn, once it's broken, right? Yeah. No, like no you got to wait for that rain. It, it, it's not gonna. Yeah, it, it, it's not gonna something you can do like in two minutes, which is what the what. what. But I mean, uh, it, that's neither here nor there for the the film. It is in, an interesting um, demonstration of exactly how Piccolo's shop now works, which is just basically, you know, this is my cousin, this is my niece, this is my niece, this is my uh, uh, my my uh, cousin's wife, and this is her her daughters, and you know, like. Everybody, they got like three old the, ladies. They got old. They got some some like old school old Italian ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with the with the black shawls and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's it's really great. I mean, it, it it's almost it's not exactly a montage because it is intercut with little tiny character moments, um, where you know Theo is showing off like her her new design uh to to marco and he's like oh that's that's much better than i expected and wait you designed this all yourself and you know he's sort of like taken aback uh and he himself 
has to actually come around. This is where Marco displays that he is not quite as woke as the uh, pirate captain. <laughs> oh, yeah. It takes him a minute. He does get there, but it takes him a minute. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it, it, it it's kind of really- funny. Like there's a um, there's this one little shot in the factory sequence where they have him just watching a baby. Mm, yeah i love that he doesn't know how to do any of the avionics uh assembly stuff so they just have him watching a baby well he's just like (laughs) sitting like against the wall slow smoking with a a a crooked cigarette butt dangling from his lip and slowly rocking a cradle (laughs) as everyone else is just like you know backs bent over the task you know it's great it's such a great little shot too because it, it it like you said it just shows that he he just flies the plane he doesn't know anything about anything else about it he he knew a little bit of the design enough to like request an alteration to the wing angle yeah but mm-hmm. like the angle of incidence I think but yeah um, exactly right but but I mean he's also like he he's been around and we find out later like he's he was a pilot like in the first world war. So he like his first forays into aviation were like the dawn of aviation, you know, not current sort of like, there is uh, one current plane at the end of the movie, but which one? Oh, um, Fio has like a very modern ultralight type thing at the end of the, Oh, well, well, that's because I think the, if I'm not mistaken, the end of the film, and and I I will say, uh, if we're going to jump ahead, I will say Sorry, very around. that no, it's all good. Uh, that yeah. is a time jump. Uh, I do. Yeah, I do think that that's a time like they jump. do like a sandlot at where everybody went, went kind of thing. Well, not yeah, yeah. like one of the it, movies of that era really love like the like the epilogue right at the end. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it, it it is sort of interesting uh, for a Ghibli film uh, to actually have that. Um and, and I'll, we this can, one is an get, unusual movie for them a little in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did you know, and this is, this is, um, actually, uh, they were initially approached by Japan airlines. Yeah. That wanted oh yes. Them yes. To they, there's, that's why there's two film. English dubs. What's that? There's two English dubs. Cause there's like a version of it that was made to what put on in like flights as a flight yeah. movie. And it's got a yeah, whole yeah. different cast. Yeah. And, for the and, English and, dub. and initially they had they had said well uh, yeah we i guess we could do that um but we're gonna have like dog fights in it and they're like that's fine <laughs> so they're like oh okay i guess i guess we're there gonna be making this movie there is one particular there is one moment of product placement in the movie but not in the way you would think the engine that he has like a custom engine that is yes. from a racing plane it has ghibli on it but that's because it's uh, ghibli was an actual um uh, racing uh, airline or a racing plane engine make, right? I Is it a racing or just a regular? I'd have to, we'd have to check, but um, I can check real quick. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, um, it is like an actual, there is an actual Ghibli engine. Uh, currently, uh, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to laugh because it's actually a character name. Uh, it's built by Ferrari. Oh, currently, yeah, there was a guy named Ferrari uh, in the movie. And yeah, his, his, his old buddy who is now, you know, in with the, yeah, 
he was in the old in the old unit, and then now he's apparently now part of the 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 fascist regime because he's in the military. But he's also like he's mostly his buddy. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, he, he's the one that tips him off, uh, and meets him in the, in the, in the theater and says, you know, while he's, his whole, um, plane is being revamped and remodeled and whatnot is the one that, that tells him, you know, like, look, there's a a warrant out for your arrest. I should, you know, if it, if it weren't for the fact, basically, if it weren't for the fact that, that, you know, we were in the war together. Uh, the great war together, uh, you know, I would be taking you in myself or something to that effect. Uh, yeah. And so basically later on, he also like tips him off. Like, yeah, there's a, they're going to try to do like a ensnarement up ahead. You got to fly low. Uh, and his name is Ferrari. So it's really funny to me that you have Ghibli and Ferrari all in the same film. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought it so, was one of those uh, things where like they put the Nickelodeon logo in a Nickelodeon movie kind of thing. I didn't know it was a layered <laughs> joke. Yeah, no, I, I honestly I, I thought the same thing and then I looked it up. I was like, hold on. So the the actual studio is named after the company, uh, not the other, you know, it's not like the other way around. Um but yeah, so uh I think we could get to the um the hijinks that ensue as they need to now uh, leave uh, Piccolo, uh, yeah, the Piccolo's uh, workshop. The Piccolo SRA workshop place. Yeah, and it's this is like one of the most fun, but also sort of like white knuckle sequences because basically he's flying his seaplane along these back channels to. He's taxiing. He hasn't taken off yet. So, well, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, he's not flying. He's he's actually just sort of like, uh, yeah, taxiing on the water. But there isn't enough space, and it's just like it becomes really tense real quick. You're like, ah, this could be like a a level in a in a game or something, and you would lose every time. It's it's that. It's one of those like old time NES games that it's only two hours if you know what you're doing, but because it's. It's hard. It's going to take you the same amount of time. It's it's the Aladdin game, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or the Lion King game. <laughs> or like some Battletoads yeah. shit. Like the good one, not the new one. I uh, I I I never got into Battletoads, but, I, I, but... It's before my time. Like, I was born in 92, so... Gotcha. Oh, so the, the year this, year this movie came, came out, out, you say? Yeah. Oh! So this movie was almost as if it was made for you, Sid. Yeah, discuss. no, this is this is like my dad's Ghibli of choice. Hell yeah. All right. So um and so they managed to escape and that's where they they meet up with like Ferrari. They're like out, out out through like flying through a valley or whatever out towards the sea and uh that's where they meet up with Ferrari who sort of this is also a great little detail, which is obviously it's obvious once you see it, but you don't think about it. Because he's like signing uh, the messages across the distance. Whereas um, actually before there'd been like (laughs) pretty hilarious, but also semi, I I have to wonder how practical you'd use like a semaphore, uh, like flashing, flashing Morse code across from, from airplane to airplane. This seems much more elegant and probably better suited 
to uh you know like signing uh, in in a non cockpit having air aircraft right uh so you know oh yeah you're yeah, signing like it, across the distance they don't quite have that. the on-plane radios figured out yet so it's yeah well they they have like the in-plane uh intercom which is pretty much a tube with a funnel at one end where Fio is like yelling at Porcaroso, no, no, you got to do this. Yeah, it's like two cans um, with a string. Which, it's two cans with a string. Uh, apparently must have been some sort of thing that existed because uh, Oh, no, those I've are real. That, they have those. No, like, no. I, use those a lot. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, I, I, I we had the uh, the cranking phones on the on, on the on the uh the ship i was on but uh but yeah i i've seen it enough times in miyazaki films and uh, manga to have to believe that it's it's like an actual thing like how oh no like those are yeah the, 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 the talk tube or yeah those funnel are yeah 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 anyway uh and, and and that's where we get into like we literally almost fly into the third act, which is basically he flies back to his hideout, which is this this little fantastic little island that has like a little uh, cleft in the cliff, cleft in the cliff. Yeah, so it's like a cove. Fast. He's in a cove. And he's got like a little cove in there, you know, very Mediterranean looking, you know, and uh, a, a tiny private beach where he has his little tent. And his beach chair and a radio, you know, that's about it. And so where we start, uh, that's, that's where, where he, the, like he's taking he a nap starts? there when, it, when it's, yeah, like when the movie starts, he's taking a nap with a magazine on his face. <laughs> I do. I, if we could jump, jump back to the beginning, I just love the little details of when he's like trying to get comfy and they're like trying to talk to him on the phone. And he's like, uh, you see him like grab the table where the radio is at with his feet and try to like pull it closer so I could put his feet up on him. It's just great. Um, I mean, these, these are the tiny little details that I, I really love uh, when you see them, like whenever Miyazaki does them, he, he really has a, an eye for that type of thing, you know, little it's a tiny little bit of extra that really makes the difference. Well, it's, it's that, uh, that little thing in spirited away where she puts on the shoes and taps the taps them in place. You know, you don't need to do that, but it, that makes it like really feel real. You know, it feels like, oh, that's exactly what I would do if I was a kid, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and that's where they're, they're, they're beset upon by every other pirate and surrounded. And, uh, and that's where they, they end up coming up with the harebrained plan to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to have some sort of a contest, a dogfighting contest uh, where uh, Curtis will, uh, if Curtis wins, he'll marry Theo. And if, if Marco wins, uh, Curtis will pay all of his plane, outstanding plane debts yeah. <laughs> for fixing the plane. And uh, and then we can now we can get into the flashback because I really really like this is the part of the movie that stayed with me. I, I this is the second time I've seen this film. I've seen this film. I saw this film for the first time more than ten years ago. And this sequence is the one that stayed with me because it's just so. I don't even know how to explain haunting? it exactly. Yeah, it's it's like haunting. It's like almost like there's a like you're 
So we get, get into this flashback of how Marco got cursed because Fio can't get to sleep. And she asks him to tell her a story. And so he tells her how he became cursed to look like a pig. Right. And, um, and so he's uh, describing like, this is in the great war there. They get into a, a massive dog fight, his entire squadron, like about was like five or eight different planes. Um, against uh, Austro-Hungarian forces uh, and uh, just like a grueling, perhaps even hours long dogfight where he, he, he seems to have passed out in the midst of it. Uh, he, he ends up being the, the lone survivor of his entire squadron. And he passes out in the midst of it and thinks he comes to, and it's white all around him. And he thinks, Oh, I'm just in a cloud. And then suddenly he's like floating on this vast expanse of white, like it's not water. It's not, we're not even sure what it is exactly. And slowly, like it often, it's like a weird cloud cover. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's actually floating on it because he leaves like little, um, like wakes behind him. And, uh, Oh yeah. Bizarre spirit fluid. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you realize that he's now like, in some in-between place. He's not exactly in this world, uh, I feel. And uh, part of that is the fact that he looks up and far, far, far faintly, he can see like this, sort of like this sweep, a line of glitter, like something glittering up in the, the upper, upper atmosphere. And it isn't until he's sort of like, he's like looking up there and he sees his, his uh, squad mates like slowly lift up out of the, the liquid that he's floating on and slowly join. Oh yeah. Know, like Dina's husband to... comes up and then he's like, take me go back. Why? Yeah. He's having yeah. a little moment. Yeah. It's yeah. He's like, yeah, he's, he really wants them. He wants, he's, you know, he's having like the, the survivor's guilt. I feel even right. in the moment when he's there, like even before, mm-hmm. after, like it's in the moment where they're taking someone else. He's like, no, take me, take me. Why? Go back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you realize that the glittering line that you're seeing way, way up faintly, you know, glittering in some, you know, some sunlight that's coming from somewhere is just a, you know, millions, perhaps, you know, more just planes just flying up there. Like it's some sort of weird valhalla or host it's like a wild like angelic host almost of planes oh what i'm well, not quite the wild but, but it's like the it's like the, the same thing in like that 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 old song about the ghost riders it's like the same thing where there's like an afterlife of just movement mm, yeah instead of eternal rest where you're like you're you're flying around forever in your plane yeah yeah and 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 it's just so it's it's a beautiful image but it's also like you said it's it's haunting. It's really something. And I, I think that's really why, because of that, uh, that, that sort of feeling of hauntedness that it, that it has, it's probably stayed with me for this long. You know, it's like the one image that I, I cannot forget. Uh, but yeah, so that he, he lands and then he's now, you know, he's got a, like a pig head, you know, and that's, that's all there is to it. And he doesn't really question it. He just sort of like, that's, you know, that's just the way things are now for me, I guess. Oh, yeah, there is a rare moment right before the story, I think, or after where 
uh, Theo gets a glimpse of him not being a pig that he didn't notice. But like, there's a brief moment what, in, in, while he's at the desk loading up the bullets for tomorrow, where like she looks hmm. at him and he's Marco again. Hmm. I I did not catch that. Um. And then like she rubs her eyes and then and then it's he's still Porco. Mm, okay. Uh, so yeah, anyway, the, I mean, there, there is a, a brief subplot where, where Gina and Curtis breaks and enters into Gina's secret garden pavilion to also offer to marry her and take her to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. He is, is just, just like fiending for, for these Italian women. Like he cannot get enough. Yeah, and I mean, and that's uh, the the thing about the the entire scene is just to show that she waits in that garden. Uh, I think it's every afternoon or every so often, and waits to see if Marco will show up this time. And that's all there is to it. She's, I mean, she's not like sitting there pining away. She's still living her life. I don't get the feeling in in sort of a, a like in a in a very you don't get a lot of screen time with Gina, but you, you definitely get the feeling that she's not like pining away for Marco, but she does love him in her own way, but she's not like stopping her life to wait for him or anything like that. This is just the the one concession, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, like it's, it, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like she still does her time. Like she still does stuff she wants to, she needs to do, but she does free. Like even in the early scenes, you can get like the impression, like she's letting him eat in the back room. And being extra nice to him, and it's like, oh, oh, she's she's feeling yeah. feeling this pig a little bit. All the ladies in this movie yeah. like Porco. Like it's, it's, yeah. Like, I mean, which is it, an interesting it, it's, detail. It's, and and I don't feel like that is. Um, it's a it's a weird dynamic because it's not really spelled out in a way that uh like a romantic subplot would be spelled out in another type of movie right it's it's very sort of um pragmatic it's sort of matter of yeah fact. like the, it's sort of like that he's sort of indifferent to it is like oh this pig is sad <laughs> yeah yeah it's a sad piggy um but yeah so then we get to the somewhat madcap uh ending which i mean it, it's it's a lot of fun uh, I do love the idea of the the almost carnival atmosphere that they've uh, that they've built up, uh, taking bets on this small island uh, to just watch like these two pilots try to outdo each other. Um, I don't know that there's a huge amount of. Uh, I mean, there is. We've talked about some of it before, like the 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 tactics and and it's a lot. No, it's a very lot of visual. Yeah, I mean, but but it's very visual, and it it is a little longer uh, than most of the other um, sort of uh, aerial dogfight scenes, which is great uh, because it, it it does have a lot in it. Um, I I probably just struggle to really make it horribly exciting because it's very visual in in nature uh it's very yeah like they're shooting they end up like uh curtis ends up kind of firing recklessly in a way that could hit hit the bystanders at one point Mm, because again which is kind of an element of like the like the difference between him and porco is like he just doesn't 
really care about people's lives that much. Whereas Pokoro is going well, out of his way yeah. to make sure that he can get a clean, um, he can shoot the plane down. Right. Without right. killing this guy, even though this guy sucks. Yeah, even though the guy sucks. He's he's sort of like trying to do it like on pacifist mode, you know. Um, but then we Although get the, they, the like the the boxing match once they've uh once they've they 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 ha- it, 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 it like an old tiny night thing. Um cuz they're no, like a, it, it's, it, it's like they have to do off horse and go yeah, like, into uh, like a, tri- a trial a by knee combat deep in but, the water boxing match. Yeah. Uh that is very funny. And then Borco fights so like, dirty <laughs> the whole time. Well, I mean, it's also like super slow mo too, because they're just like they're just like exhausted too. It's because like, I think that 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 it's does, bare knuckles, it's not, so it takes longer. <laughs> well, not only that, but I think uh, one of the things that we we may not be uh, thinking about, and I I didn't honestly, if I can uh, bring in something sim- something tangential, I didn't think that like for instance NASCAR driving is a sport you know in the sense that well you know you're not really doing something physical but really it is it is really it does really take a toll on the human body the fact that you're just like driving at these incredible speeds and i can't even imagine what it is to and pull loop de loops and g's you know like there's like hand eye coordination and the physical performance like there's really crazy shit in in formula one but right but what, what i'm getting at is that the physicality inside uh, 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 a car, let alone the cockpit of a plane, is probably going to just sap every ounce of strength you have left. So then, when you do get to this this fight scene, which is comically slow mo, they're just like wailing on each other, but just like slow, just like you know, just of course it doesn't it it doesn't help it feel any more serious because basically they, they come out of it, like just looking completely deformed, you know, like huge puffed out eyes and like, yeah, like they just look like they got stung by a bunch of bees. Yeah. Yeah. Like cartoon, a cartoon stung by bees situation. Yeah. And, uh, but by then, I guess they both have a fist uh, allergy. <laughs> well, you know, I'm allergic to fighting myself. So, you know, if I swell up because you punch me now, you know, um, but, uh, I do want to say that, uh, while all of that nonsense is happening, uh, Gina, we get this shot of Gina and like, basically we get initially get a shot of Gina's pilot waiting. And she's like, well, I, she get, I don't want to miss this, uh, this, this contest. And, uh, we get a shot of her receiving like a secret message once again from Ferrari, from Ferrari. who is sending her like a secret message that the Italian air force is coming to the island. They found out about the contest. They're coming to the island to basically bring Marco in. And she gets in her plane and, you know, as soon as she gets there, fires like these warning shots, like not warning shots, but like uh, warning pyrotechnics, I guess, like fires off like some flares or whatever. And everyone just like books it. Like there's a really cool shot uh, of everyone just simultaneously leaving. In every direction. Yes, it's great. <laughs> like this plane's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. care where they go. You, you can't. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Kind of. Yeah, I, there is a great. It's it lasts just like maybe a minute at most, which really encapsulates like the um, like the whole 
Gina and Marco sort of uh, dynamic where he's like, here, take Theo. She's got to get out of here. You know, she's, she's too young for this and shoves Theo into, into Gina's plane. And she's just like, she just like looks at him just like completely stone faced and going like, you do this every time. (laughs) It just isn't fair anymore. Like it, it's just like and, not the first time he's been in this exact situation. Well, not only that, but like uh, I can understand, like she she is like saying honestly, straight to his face, like you're just doing this to not really come with me. And she's almost like she's had it, you know. At that in that scene, she's like had it with him. But you know, like later on when we do the time jump and we ha- we get Theo being the head of Piccolo. Um, aviation or whatever company uh they leave it with that pavilion like off to off to the side you just see the pavilion but you don't see who's inside and fio's now narrating uh you know like the the time jump you know where everyone's been which i I, i'd mentioned before but i do want to come back to it this is probably one of the very few studio ghibli movies that feels like has a denouement that is not covered in the credits yes you know where it actually has a proper denouement that is part of the movie and not the credit sequence right and uh so then we get fio saying and you know and as for you know gina's secret garden well you know and she leaves it in the air and which it's is great well, that's such a cool ending because it's like a lot of uh other studios would have schmaltzed that up, but they did not. Yeah. And that was really nice. Yeah, they did not. They left it up to your imagination. And, you know, obviously it, it feels like they want you to believe that, yes, they, they did finally get together, you know. And also uh, at the end of the, at the end of the, like before the, the, where are they now? Uh, Porco is no longer a pig. Yes, because Theo, like against his wishes, Theo consent um, leans over and kisses him straight on the lips as she as as Gina takes off. Which, uh, you know, to be fair, she asked like, earlier if it would work, and he didn't know. He didn't know, and but he didn't he's want also it to like, happen. yeah. Well, he's also like, uh, save it for someone special, and anyway, you're seventeen, and it sort of <laughs> left at that. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I gotta admit, that. I was like, yeah, that's honestly, that's a good answer, you know. He keeps like, saying oh, he's yeah. a womanizer, but he every time like you see him turn it down, so it's a little like, what? Are you well, sure, we man? Do, we do, <laughs> we do get a little bit of uh, old man Piccolo going like, she's my granddaughter. Don't don't even look her way, you know, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, no, like people keep bringing it up, but like in the film, he's very reluctant about anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean because he's sad piggy man. So, you know, it's all He's good. too depressed. He's too depressed. So uh yeah, folks, that was Porco Rosso. I I really enjoyed revisiting this one. Uh and I, I'm imagining that you did too, Sid. Oh, it's such uh, a good movie. Beautiful. I, I I I it's really beautiful. You know, I I perhaps unfairly used to think that it was one of the lesser Ghibli films. Yeah, there are some people you know who what? think that, but it's it. Give it another shot. It's, it's really good. It's it's got a lot of stuff to it. Uh, it is a little straightforward, perhaps. I mean, this it is isn't a different a than the usual Ghibli experience movie in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. It, and, it, like uh, in another and, movie, Theo would have been the, the main character in a lot of the other games. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think Miyazaki himself was like bemoaning the fact is like after I made Kiki's Delivery Service, which is a, a film for kids, or, or no, he said uh, I made my I made Totoro, which is a film for little kids. I made Kiki's Delivery Service, which is a film for teenage girls, uh, and then suddenly I decided to make a movie for middle aged men. <laughs> and he was sort of bemoaning the fact that you know how is this ever going to make it, you know, but. I actually did pretty well I mean, from what I remember I, in the box office. I, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's it's got enough. Like it's one of the higher grossing movies of its year in Japan. Yeah, I mean I it's got a lot of stuff in it too. And it's got a lot appealing, a lot of appealing stuff. Uh I do want to say that uh Mr. Miyazaki, however, you are canceled, sir, for appropriating European culture. <laughs> tisk tisk, sir. Uh. I mean, not every movie, but like uh, in some of them. I mean, it's it's pretty accurate. Well, he's least, he's obviously it feels right when he does I mean, it. Well, it's fine. It's fine. I, I mean, he I'm used that same fictional joking. setting from like uh, this takes place in the same. Um, if you've ever watched The Sopranos, there's that one episode where they go to this place called Italy, which they made up for the show. Like, the, <laughs> yeah, which is so they could make the Curio have a cool accent or whatever. Yeah, uh, the coast of Amalfi or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I I honestly really enjoyed the rewatch. Uh, I suspect that if you have seen this before, give it another chance. Um, if you haven't seen this before, give it a chance. It's a lot of fun. It's real um, good. So much so, flight uh, porn. Like, of the Ghiblis that I've seen, the most flight porn so far. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it has flight heaven, right? It has airplane yes. heaven, uh, which doesn't look exactly pleasant. Well, it's not I heaven. Mean, it, it's it, like an, it's an airplane afterlife. Yeah, it's like a, a airplane limbo. Let's yeah, put it that way. it's airplane limbo. Um, but um, but yeah. So, uh, anything? Any last thoughts, Sid? Uh, anything you'd like to talk about? Uh, our sad. Flying Pigman. Um. Hmm. I mean, if I not, had, so, I, I, it's like I know I had something for this, but <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it's there's a pig. Uh, ladies think he's handsome. Uh, it's a fun movie. Uh, people dress cool. And it's a, it's like the, it's a very, like, it's the, it's a little anti-fascist pig movie. That's pretty dope. Um, yep. It's got, like, all that stuff you want in a movie in the 30s. Uh, it's just, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I mean, in, in that case, um, if that is it, uh, Sid, do you have any... Any stuff that you'd like us to know about, uh, like uh, the people, uh, our podsiders to know about? Uh, oh, yeah. There's, um, I got another, there's going to be another episode hosted by me coming up where we're going to talk about how to write sex scenes. So that's going to be pretty fun. Sexy times at Right Good. All right. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. It's going to be real, real, real weird. Excellent. All right. Well, um, should come out around the same time. I think. Awesome. 
So uh, in that case, uh, folks, just keep an ear out for the Right Good podcast. They are great. Um, uh, yours truly has been on a few times, uh, just to let you know. Yeah, the last episode um, I edited was you. Was the Excellent. The, yeah. So uh, in any next, it's always weird with the delays of like when you have to think of like this being heard when it comes out. So it's like there's a it's like coming out the next week from when we're recording, but it'll be out by like when 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 this goes up. So Sounds like good. I handed it I mean, the edit I, and it, I did a good job. So yeah, I mean in this case, uh, yeah, that one's on. Uh, decolonization isn't just for your book. Uh, for your bookshelf type of uh, situation so uh, keep an eye out for that on the Right Good uh, podcast and uh, for Sid's own entry uh, forthcoming so if that's it thanks again Sid uh, it was great watching this so thanks for, for choosing it uh, and, oh, no um, I do like yeah, watching, watching movies it's fun excellent so if that's it thanks again folks and uh, we'll see you next time on Podside